Need a little help. Ran into a big stone on a motorcycle a few years ago and some other things, so uh, if you ever want to recognize me, I'm the guy that walks like a panda. You don't need to know what I look like. If you see somebody coming, it's like, hmm, they let the panda out. That, that'd, <laughs> that'd be me. Hey, it was fun driving in this morning. Um, Melanie and I both grew up in towns. You actually have two stoplights here? Okay, we only had one. Okay, and it's, it's fun because I re- like the farm I grew up on, the land was real low. It was almost like a bog. And so we couldn't pick corn until the ground froze because it rained in the fall and we'd get stuck and you know, that's a mess. And I see there's, there's corn still up and it's like, yeah, I think I recognize this action. Okay, so it's, it's really fun to be here. Um, yeah, I just appreciate the, the ability to stand up here, even if I need a little help and uh, just share God's word. Hey, one thing before we start, if you feel guilt or shame about anything that is said today, or in the future in any church, understand that's not God, how God works, okay? That's how man works, okay? What you receive from the Word and from the Holy Spirit is conviction. Certainly God could use guilt and shame, I guess, in a way, but man uses those things, okay? We've, been, we've encountered it on social media already this morning, okay? Understand God loves you so much, He'll put conviction in your life, but very rarely guilt and shame, okay? So if what I say this morning, it's like, oh, I'm not doing enough or I'm needing to be doing this and that and I'm not holding up to God's word, don't worry about it, okay? God's got more grace and he's got this long arm of love. He'll pull you back if you're ready to get in a ditch, okay? I know this. He pulls me back every day. And when I was, uh, when I had two, I got two boys, two girls. When my boys were little, um, I'd be working on an engine because I like to work on engines. And um, I'd ask my oldest one, who's a musician and incredibly bright, and I'd, I'd ask him for some tool, you know, a, a whatever, a, a, a socket wrench of some kind. He'd come with like a hammer, like dragging it behind him. And his little brother, who's a little bit more mechanical, just laugh at him. And I, I've always thought, you know, I'm, I'm my oldest son. God invites me to, to his work, and he asks for a tweezers, and I bring him the big hammer, okay, because that's one of my favorite tools, okay? But he just laughs, and he puts it aside, and he says, look, you know, wrong tool. Let's try again, okay? So that's our God. That's our God. He's a God of grace and love and redemption, This moment, this morning will be redeemed by him in what you hear me say and how you take it. Even if you fall asleep or you're reading emails, that's all good, okay? God redeems the moment, okay? And he redeems this afternoon. Oh, you know, Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be the speaker, but he's got another job this afternoon (laughs) as of, is it too soon for that joke? Sorry. I'm from Colorado, so we don't get into that, yeah. Hey, the purpose of uh, showing this video, and by the way, I've I've told my wife to give me the high sign at 20 minutes, so um, my father taught me when I was young that if you've got something to say, even if it's bad, if it's short, it's good, but if it's long and good, it's probably bad. So we'll we'll try to get you out of here.
Um, I'm a college prof by, uh, that's been my, that was my profession for 22 years. Uh, my background was the hotel and restaurant industry and uh, started teaching at a community college in Cleveland, Ohio, went back and got all the degrees you need. Took that overseas when I was 43 uh, to the Czech Republic uh, in Prague and I taught in universities there and MBA courses for 10 years. Okay, now, most people would say, well, that wasn't missions work, or the really irritating question, and if you'll ask me this, I won't act irritated, but I will tell you that's my thought bubble, is, well, how do you evangelize when you're teaching in a university? You know, and it's kind of like, well, I don't know, how do you breathe when you're walking? You know, you get that dummy stamp and put a big D on their forehead. It's like, come on, get it. You know, one of, one of the things we do, we send medical people. Um, Dan and Carol, can you guys raise your hands? Okay, this is, these, these folks are from Iron Mountain. You guys know where that's at. Um, they serve overseas in Asia. He's a doc. She's like very organized administrator, runs a couple of things. They could be here doing stuff, making more money, enjoying, but they're there because they've taken their profession and they've gone overseas. Okay? It's a different language, it's a different situation. Okay, but that's what we do, that's what Marketplace Ministries is. I took what I did as a teacher and I just took it overseas. Okay, what you do here is important. Okay, this, this guy that we just heard, he taught in the United States forever. He's been in Pakistan, which you probably have all heard of Pakistan. It's not exactly the friendly country, you know, like there's a big sign, Christians, come on in, okay? But he's at a place where he can do that, okay? And people are coming to Christ. His job is his ministry. His life, his work is sacred, okay? Nothing we do is secular. Okay, we're, we're swimming in that pool, right? You know, we swim in that pool. But what we do as God's children is always sacred. Because we do it for the Lord. I don't care what you do. Okay? I mean, we've all probably had several iterations of careers. Okay? I never thought I'd work for a nonprofit. I mean, I didn't even know what a nonprofit was. It's like, well, that means they don't make profits, so why would you do that? Okay, I'm a business guy. I started making money when I was pretty young. Okay, if I had it, I could sell it. Okay. So it's a funny thing. God does have a sense of humor, doesn't he? I mean, there's some days I go to bed and I feel like, you know, like the Lord's sitting on his throne, but he's like that king in medieval times where he'd be like, Bring in the jugglers and the tumblers. I want to be amused. Okay, and I walk in. Okay, but that's cool. You know, if I've made the Lord smile because I've done something ridiculous and he redeems it, it's all good. Hey, I've got four grown children. I have absolutely no ego left. Okay. And if you have children, even if they're a day old, you know what I'm talking about or siblings, or parents. <laughs> We're all fallen. 
And God picks us up and dusts us off and says, hey, try again. You know, I love you so much. I created you before the, before the world was formed. You are created in a way that nobody else can do what you do. And when God says you're special, it's not like your teacher in the third grade who told me, well, Bill, you're pretty special. Okay, well, the thought bubble was, you're a pain in my keister. Okay, but when God says that, he knows it because he created you. You know, if you've ever worked on something, again, I like to work on engines. Okay, well, that engine starts when I put life into it. Okay, and it runs better because I've improved it in whatever way. God's that way. But the cool thing is we're alive in him and we just keep getting better. Okay, we may be getting more irritating as well. Okay, but again, God redeems that. He loves us so much. Okay, he loves you so much. In this place, okay, do you not feel like Pastor Brandon has made this a place of peace. You know, you walk in and it's like, okay, I don't have to be all that stuff everybody wants me to be. I can be who I am. Because this is a sacred place. This is a home. This is where you should be accepted and you should accept other people. Okay, this is the family. A.W. Tozer said, it's not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular. It's why he or she does it. And when I got saved when I was 23, um, I had been raised in a very, um, I would say, unusual background. I'd studied transcendental meditation for three years before I came to the Lord. Uh, before that, I was in very, I would say, liberal churches, okay? So I didn't know what was going on, but I, God knew I was searching. And when I came to the Lord, it's like, this is it. I know what I've been worshiping the last three years is evil because I've seen the evil when I meditate and I've seen the evil in other people's eyes that are possessed. Okay, so when you come to the light, you know, what we have is light and life or we have darkness and death. And I know that's very black and white, and life is primarily gray, okay? We live our lives in the gray. But those things of Christ that are basic beliefs, they're very black and white. You know, Christ was crucified, he died, he was buried, and what'd he do? Rot? No, no, he rose again from the dead. Okay, and if you believe that, that's the fulcrum of our faith. That's the dividing line between light and life and death and darkness. And by the way, it's not just the light and life that have eternity as part of our footsteps. The others is equally true. Now, whether you believe that, want to believe it, you know, I, it, it does make a difference to me, okay? But it really makes a difference to you and where your passion lies with working out what Christ has worked in through your vocation. You know, figure out what you all do Monday through Sunday. I mean, there's a lot of people in here probably work Saturdays and Sundays. I lived that life for a long time. Well, beyond that, we sleep a lot. So these are the big things. We sleep, we work, and 
you know, as John Lennon said, life is what happens between our plans. Okay? okay? And then we have family and all these things, but what we do is pretty important. 1 Corinthians 7.17 says, Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I lay down to all churches. One of the things I love about my job is, is that I get to see people who have done what God has put into them through experience, schooling, desires, all these things, and they've taken that stuff. And I'm talking from age 23. We just had a 94-year-old come off the field. Okay? This guy's name is John Ellenberger. He's sort of like one of the superheroes of the Alliance world, okay? And when I tell people that are into Alliance heritage and, and all that sort of thing, that John and Helen Ellenberger just came off the field from Indonesia because a Bible they were working on is now fully translated, the first thing most people say is, are they still alive? <laughs> it's like, well, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about today, but they were when they got on a plane because they don't transport dead people. But anyhow, okay, that guy rocked it out, okay? He seriously rocked it out, okay? 94, he's coming off the field. Think what God's put into his life. But yet, in that same town, we had, I don't know if Ben was 22 or 23, as a teacher in a school there. In that same town, the guy that fixes their big generators, puts water lines down, builds stuff, is a guy that was in New Jersey that went on a short-term mission trip, got home and said, you know, this is pretty weird, but I think I'm going to sell my little HVAC company and go do this other stuff, okay? Now, is that a span of vocations in a little tiny place you've never even heard of? Yeah. Okay, PhD, teacher, uh, gearhead, you know. It's what God has done with them, not what they do, but how they do it. Regardless of our vocation, our purpose is the same. Love God, serve others, display his glory, and seek his kingdom in our life situations. This is what we do. And we try not to, I mean, anymore. I mean, I, you know, one great thing about getting a little bit older is sometimes you care less about what people think. You know, because it's like, well, yeah, whatever, I'm old. You know, what are they gonna say? Well, he's old, okay? But I really deeply care about what Jesus thinks about what I say and what I do and how I love people well. Okay? And I don't love people well a lot of the time. You do not want me being your counselor or your pastor. Okay? Because I will tell you up front, look, we're going to talk about this once. I'm going to give you a plan to fix that. And the next time you come back, if you're whining about the same thing, I'm going to start charging you. Because what we pay for is what we value. I know that. OK? 
Okay. So I, I don't, by nature, love people well, I don't think. Okay. Even my own family sometimes. But God has commanded us to love well. Tear down the walls, build the bridges, even if it doesn't make sense. I mean, I think about what I've done for my kids, even as adults, and I just think that was super illogical. Because other people would say, well, you're just, uh, whatever the counseling term is, you're uh, enabling. enabling. Thank you, Melanie. I'm glad she's here. <laughs> helps me up the steps. She helps me down. Yeah. I'm good with like one syllable words, okay? Okay. I, you know, well, you're enabling your children to be unhealthy. It's like, uh-huh. Okay, but they're blood. And I would die for them. Okay. Because they're my children, okay? I don't need them. I really don't. In fact, I'd be a much wealthier man if <laughs> I didn't have them. I mean, they don't really do much for me. They produce grandkids, you know, so there's something, okay? But I love them so deeply that I would die for them. You know, how's your relationship if you've got a significant other? Do you need them? Do they help you be happy? You know, yeah, to a point. But the great thing is, hopefully they love you. And that's why we want to hang out. God doesn't need us. He asked me for a wrench, and I give him a sledgehammer because I think, well, at some point you're going to want to use this anyhow, so we might as well just get to it. Okay? He doesn't need us, but he loves us so deeply. And he loves us constantly and always and thoroughly before we knew we even needed love. He loves us. And I'm not that guy that's going to say, well, just do love and everything will be good. You know? Okay, yeah. In a way, maybe I am saying that. Show people you love them before you talk to them about loving them. Demonstrate what Christ has put in you through your vocation, through your life, through your community, through all these relationships you have, and then talk to them. Sometimes we're, I'm going to kind of jump ahead here because I'm yakking, but, you know, this idea of having a light and what we do with it. Okay, what's the Bible tell us to do with a light? You know that, I mean, if you've been in Sunday, I, I learned all these songs when my kids were little, and I was amazed by them, you know, and other people who were raised in church are going, oh, I'm sorry, you know, it's like, I think it's a cool song, B-I-B-L-E, you know, that's the book for me. It's like, dang, why didn't somebody tell me that? Okay, you know that, what's the song, put a light under a basket, no, you know, whatever that is. Okay. I don't, do, I don't do little kids in Sunday school very well either. But, um, you know, we've got that light, so why don't we... And I'm going to get close to the edge to make you nervous. Um, why do, what do we do with that light? What's the light do? Does the light come out going, well, you need Jesus. You're going to go to hell. And if you don't, you know... No, the light comes out. What's it do? Very silently... It spreads this light that takes away the darkness and brings life into the room. Okay, this is the light of Christ. 
Okay, now we're not supposed to take that light and take it and walk up to somebody and say, I've got a light. And they're going, oh, geez, you know? Or, hey, I see you're hurting. In the Bible, it says you shouldn't hurt. Okay, well, that person just wants to punch you in the neck. Okay, we're not stupid. Treat them like adults. You know, if they're hurting, hug them. Well, again, not big on guy hugs or, you know. But do something that shows life and light and love to them. Show them. Act on it. Don't be, don't hide the light and don't chafe people with them and burn them with it. The light is to direct our footsteps through what we do in community, through our vocations, through our life. It's not meant to blind people. It's meant to show them the way. This is what we do with our vocations. I mean, how many of you, you know, I think church world is funny sometimes because we walk away thinking, I need to wake up every morning loving what I do because I'm doing it for Jesus. Well, yes, this is the reality, but how many of you are going to wake up tomorrow morning with a spring in your step and say, I get to go out and plow a field or pick corn or wrench on an engine or talk to somebody about accounting or, or, or try to do something to heal them up in a way physically or mentally? Now, certainly we probably like what we're doing because it provides a paycheck and that provides all these things like I can eat well and afford a car and a house, okay? But there's not very many jobs where you get to lunchtime and go, darn it, I'm halfway through. <laughs> oh, it's Friday, darn it. <laughs> okay, most of us are like, Oh, man, it's Thursday. Why wasn't it Friday? And that's okay. Because that's what connects us in community. Okay, when I, when I drug my three teenagers and 11-year-old overseas, okay, I had a job. Okay, I had a job. Bob in Pakistan, he has a job. Dan and Carol, they've got jobs. Okay, we can, we can relate to that, can't we? Because most people have jobs. And the point of the job, most of the time, is to get a paycheck and do with whatever that paycheck provides for you to do, whether that's feeding your family or helping other people out or giving to the church or buying a motorcycle. I'm not allowed. Okay. What we do with that is partially what we do, okay? But that's not the result. That's kind of what's, that's just part of it, okay? But what do we do when we're at work, when we're doing our vocation that lights that light for other people to say, you know what, they're not grumbling much. Or, you know, if you, if you work on houses, does it really matter what the wiring and the plumbing looks like? Because that's going to be hidden behind drywall or something. And believe me, I've renovated enough houses and torn walls out and thought, a monkey put this wiring in. <laughs> but other houses I've done this with, it's like a work of art. 
the plumbing is perfect because they knew it was more than getting water to the toilet and the tap. They were doing it. They had pride in what they did. Okay. I could see that in their job. Most of us have jobs where it's apparent how we do our work. Okay. Are you doing it to a good level or are you excelling or getting to that excelling part? Because it's not the money that drives you, but Jesus in you. Okay. How do you do what you do? Okay, when I was teaching, they didn't want to be talked to about Jesus. That's not why they were there. Okay. To checks, God is dead. God is dead. Okay. Atheism is by far the most popular religion in the Czech Republic. They were there because they love money, power, uh, and a number of other things that come with that. Okay? So I was there to teach them how to make more money. When I say revenue stream, they light up. When I say Jesus loves you, they don't care. Okay, so how, what, what's to bridge that gap? This is what Marketplace Ministries do. We bridge that gap between what is this and what is that? God's nudging you to go overseas, but how does that work? I'm, I'm in ag, I'm in this, I'm in that, I'm an engineer, I'm an accountant. What is, what is that? Okay, well, that's my job. Okay, and it's the same job I had in the classroom in Cleveland, Ohio, or the Czech Republic, which was, I want to be the best teacher they have ever had. I want to make them rich. Well, I don't want to make them rich necessarily, but I want them to learn the best I can teach them. I want, I want them to go out in the hallway and say to another student, you know, Dunham, he's kind of weird, um, and he walks funny, but man, he knows what he's doing. And by the way, he's invited us to meet afterwards to go get a coffee. That's weird. He's invited us to his house. Do you suppose he's a perv? Because they don't do that in Europe. Okay? And it's like, no, it's because he cares for us. That's weird. Okay, I got to ask him about that. Okay? They don't come to be proselytized. They came to be taught. But I was there not just to teach them, but to show them the love of Christ because they have a heart that was created by the master, by the God I serve, by the Lord who is risen from the dead. And that heart recognizes what love looks like when it's pure and it's of God. Okay, these are the things we do. You're God's love letter. Okay, to those around you. How does it read? Hey, last thing. A lot of you are hurting today, this morning, for a number of reasons. Okay? I mean, we were like trying to hurry here down the snowy road. I grew up in northern Ohio in the country, so I'm, I'm good with it. But there was a sheriff's car in front of us blocking the road. And I thought, well, maybe, you know, because some of us think like this. It's like, well, maybe I could go around the sheriff's car. I don't know if there's anybody in it. You know, and just like be that exception, you know, the end-run guy. Well, they're moving a house, like 
I think it was maybe like a prefab double wide, but it take up the whole road, so I haven't gone around anybody. So I had to wait, okay? But it was okay that I had to wait. I don't like to wait. I like to go fast. I like to build stuff in the air. Hey, we broke something. Let's fix it. Let's keep moving. It doesn't matter whose fault it was. Let's keep moving. Okay. But I couldn't go anywhere because this house was there, like, you know, house on wheels, and it was, it was coming down. I had to wait. I had no choice. A lot of you are feeling that this morning. I'm on a shelf. Okay. My ex- expiration date's like last month, and, you know, I'm, I'm just dead wood. Okay, or, you know, I'm hurting, or I've hurt somebody, or I'm sick, or I've lost something. You know, lean on somebody here at work. That person that works next to you, or is your boss, or your employee, they're hurting. Okay, and they're at work because they need to make that paycheck. Okay, love them differently. Show them that this is a place of peace. They are safe. Look in somebody's eyes next to you, even now. Okay, you know, if they don't know you, you probably don't want to do that. But, you know, if you're familiar with them, it's like, okay. My point with this is love them well. Show them you love them. Don't tell them. Show them. Show them you love them in your vocation, in your community. It's the same thing here as it is overseas. This morning, if, if you feel like God's made this like weird poke in your ribs or hit you on the head with a hammer I drag around and said, hey, you know, you're doing this here and you're doing a really good job. What do you think about going somewhere else to do it? Okay, that's my job is to bridge that gap. Okay, Marketplace Ministries, the website's joinmm.com. I don't say that at the beginning because then about halfway through what I'm saying, people are like, oh, I'm going to look at the website. Okay. That's my job. Your job is to love well, show people you know how to love well because that love has no bottom because it's the love of Christ working through us, not effortlessly, but... It should be pretty natural, okay? Love well, build bridges, tear down the walls, understand again what I started with. We got light and life, we've got darkness and death. Those are the two picks. Your job is to point people to the cross, show them what the truth is, and then tell them what the truth is. Amen? Thank you so much. Bill, you said you said perv in church. (laughs) Would you join me in prayer? My goodness, Lord. I praise you. You're the, you're the God who, when we, when we bring you a sledgehammer, even when you ask for a wrench, you're not mad. I praise you for that. Would you set us free to be able to do our jobs in a way that glorifies you and a way that shows other people that you're the God 
that doesn't get mad at sledgehammers. I pray that you would help us, Lord, wherever we're at, whether it's here in Hortonville or somewhere else uh, where they speak a different language, wherever it might be, God, would you set us free to do our jobs well in a way that shows people that you love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, church, <laughs> this week, may, may, the, may you know the love of the God who doesn't get mad at you when you drag him the wrong tool, and may you be set free to do your job, whatever it is and wherever it is, in a way that shows other people that love. May God richly bless you. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.